Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch, a short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and in the upcoming months, I'll be spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my comfortable couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, like tonight, live recordings, and video releases. Joining me each episode is my longtime friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbin. Man, it's a sunny, hot day out today in Thunder Bay. It is. It's really warm here. It must have gotten up to 24 Celsius. Wow. And for us, you know, how long ago was it that we had minus 24? I don't know, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. It felt like it. It sure did. Yeah. So here we are. We have probably had, we have had snow on the ground within the last month. Yes. Has it snowed within the last month? We had the big ice storm that was in April. Yeah, maybe it was April now. Now that we're in early June. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. They just managed to it's, squeak a month in there. It's a, it's a distant memory. Yeah. So, Robin. Yeah. We've just been listening to 1985's extended play, Species Deceases. Yes, finally. We're listening to the albums again. Yeah, it's we've had a few weeks off. We saw the real oils. We talked about the real oils. And we talked about the Goat Island and concert. And Goat Island and, and jumpsuits and all that. Yes. But so now... Back on track. That's right. No more of this live music stuff. Yeah. Give me something pre-recorded. So before we actually talk about Species to Ceces, do we have any business arising from previous episodes? And I know that we do. Oh, we do. But what? When we saw Midnight Oil at the Quest in Minneapolis. That's right. We were totally wrong about being 98 or in Redneck Wonderland yeah, and all exactly. that. exactly. It wasn't. It was 2001. Yep. yep. And it was in support of the real thing. Yes. Well, we were told it was in support of the real thing. And all... Man alive, those dogs are those barking! Dogs. So, so the deal is, we mentioned the hot weather. We actually have a window open... And Darren's neighbor dogs... Yep, they're barking. ...are out there barking. That's not a euphemism for anything. No, they're just barking. Dogs are barking. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the internet tells me that it was the real thing, and other people tell me, nope, you were there on the real thing tour, even though I'm thinking, it's got to be the Capricorn tour. But it wasn't. Oh, you thought the 2001 would have been the Capricorn tour as well? Yeah. Well, I knew the Winnipeg one was Capricorn tour yeah. in 2002, so yeah. I, I totally believed the real thing tour thing, except that I really thought it was Redneck Wonderland. The only thing that's telling me that it's not the real thing is my brain. Yeah. And it was also telling yeah. me it was yeah, other things I was, that was my, my brain was telling me that, but I wasn't about to argue with oil bases yep. Yeah, and say, no, really, they did gigs. Or guys on Twitter. In Minneapolis. Yeah, I'm not about to take oh, them on. That's right. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. So we should we should probably do a better job of somehow cataloging when we're corrected and, and so forth. Yeah. But, oh, uh, the what Goat Island. Uh, yep. Yeah, and I, I should take back, Giffo does indeed sing while playing Chapman bass. Mm, yes. So I, I take that back as well. And there's probably lots of other stuff, but... I sit corrected. 
I just want to walk through paradise. So I was reading, once again, Mark Dodson's... Did we agree if it was Dodson or Dodson? I think it's pronounced Dodson. Dodson. But next episode on business arising from last episode... We will find out. So Species Deceases, all their royalties from this album Mm -hmm. actually went into a trust fund for... uh, A trust fund for promoting peace and disarmament. And uh, they did a 26-date local tour, which was their first uh, local gigs of the whole year. And all profits from banned merchandising went to selected local youth refugees and programs for unemployment. Right on. So, and they also, while they were touring around, they made a point of meeting activists all over Australia, I guess, to encourage them or to to meet up with them. Now, I noticed that you pronounced the album differently than I did, and I've noticed you've done that in the past. Okay. Species. I think I say say deceases. You do say deceases. But of course, the rhyme would be more if I said deceases. And I think that's what I say. Yeah. Now, normally I would say species deceases, but it doesn't rhyme. But as as you make your case for it, it makes sense. Deceases isn't really a word. Not not in Canadian anyway. <laughs> so that's why you say species deceases. I say that, deceases because that's... That makes sense in your brain. That is how and you say that second word. I noticed that I think this is the maybe the first time since Place Without a Postcard that they actually take a lyric and use it for an album title, or in this mm. case, the EP title, right? Because like 1098, that's not in the lyrics anywhere. Red Sails in the Sunset, while being a lyric, wasn't used, because that's from Wedding Cake yeah, Island, right? Yeah, it was a cut lyric, which wasn't even that album, so... Right, this right. was a long time ago, yeah. And there was an extra word yeah, in, in yeah. that too. Red it Sails. It escapes me right now Yeah, what it was. something like... Besides that, like Head Injuries, Midnight Oil, like, those aren't lyric-based album titles, but mm-hmm. Species to Seasons. It sure is. Yeah, and it kind of starts this trend where we've got a number of albums coming on now. Maybe all the rest of them. Maybe all the rest of them, yeah. Are from lyrics, yeah. We probably won't remember to check next time, but... No. Yeah. So are you going to call it Deceases or Deceases from now on? I'm probably still going to call it Deceases. It's probably just in my brain. Let's get into it. It's a different sounding album. Okay, yes, it's an EP. It's a four-song EP. Yeah, but it's different sounding from what we've been used to the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Coming through ten nine eight and red sales. Yeah, I think with ten nine eight red sales, they, as we talked about, they pushed that studio thing even yeah. further. Yeah, and maybe some critics thought it was uh, going a bit too far. A bit too far, and so uh, species is very much a let's go in, plug in our guitars, yeah. and rock. Yeah, and you you brought in the liner notes there. And it says something like that, right? We just basically, we just plugged in and played or something like that. Yeah. So in the liner notes for the album, we don't have to guess what the oils were thinking. They actually wrote it right out. Yeah. Uh, we are still alive and grateful for it. Choosing the Hiroshima 40 year theme, mm-hmm. went into the studio and put these four songs to tape, plugged in and played no machine music technology in the back seat. Yeah. Uh, the result you're now listening to possible subtitle volume rules. Let's mm. crank it up. Yeah. So I, anyway, we don't have to read the whole thing, but no. it, they make it clear. No machine music. That's yeah. right. And the dude who produced it, 
Francois Kevorkian. Yeah. I just I just looked up to see, you know, what other acts he was associated with. Arcadia. Do you remember Arcadia? That's a Duran Duran side project. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Craftwork. Yeah. Uh, Depeche Mode. Eurasia. And when you think of those 80s bands, yeah. you do not think of, I don't think of, plug in, crank up the volume and play your guitars. I'm thinking machine music. Yeah, apparently he got into the oils because of Red Sails and oh. where it was going. And he was like, oh yeah, oh, I'll I can, take them. Yeah. And oops. Uh, the By the way, Francois, just, yeah. <laughs> we're doing things a bit differently this yeah, time Yeah, no around. machine music this time, man. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> and yeah, and he, he wasn't really into the whole gig, apparently. Um, he had to fly over from New York, uh, lost his luggage, oh, and yeah. uh, Rob Hurst was attempting to show him around town, mm-hmm. buy him his stuff. But like, yeah. uh, apparently it was just a bad trip, losing all his stuff, yeah. and then finding out that we're not going to do... They're not making a record that is his kind of thing. Yeah. It just never went all that well. But it turned out really well. It did turn out well. The guy knew what he was doing. Yeah. Apparently Rob had to go to this guy's uh, hotel room like 11 a.m. and drag him out of bed and bring him to the studio because this just wasn't. And it was done in a a pretty quick fashion, right? Yeah. Five days or something like that. Yeah. Apparently one week it was, uh, it was done. Recorded in September of 85, I think, and released in beginning of November or something like that. I think that's what I read. That sounds about right. Yeah. One more amusing thing. Uh, So Mark Dodson here, he was in the studio at the time this was getting recorded. Dodson was? Dodson was. Yeah. And got dragged in to do the progress shouts. Oh, yeah. So it's him. It's like the whole band standing around a microphone. Yeah. And shouting progress yeah. three times and then shouting that's progress oh yeah and so he gets to be well that's uh, cool on that yes right on okay species to cc's is an album of singles they are all like hit singles yeah it's an album of encores okay well so many hit. so many fake endings yes it's an album of guitar solos yeah. Every song has a guitar solo, all some, four of them. And some of them have... Multiples. Multiples. It's an album of pick slides. Did you count the pick slides? I I didn't count them. There's pick slides aplenty on this album. Like, there's like many? There's more than one. More, okay. <laughs> there's okay. two pick slides. <laughs> Did you count them? <laughs> well, you count a lot two. of things. I do count things, but I usually wait till it's more than two. <laughs> Then how do you know where to start counting? <laughs> well, th- those... If you don't count until it's past two, it's, how do you know? I just do it subconsciously so I don't call it counting, even though, yes, okay, I am counting. Okay. What did you think about the album? Well, I thought the album was great. Now, of course, you're going to get corrected. It isn't an album full of singles. No. Oh, because they I, aren't actually that's singles. Right. And when, when Darren say says single, singles, he says it should have been a single. That's right. Because it would have been a big hit. When Darren says things, he <laughs> often uses the wrong words. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to understand that Darren does what he does. That, that's just, and, and I know that. Yes. And our friends are starting to know that too, I think. Yeah. So as a, as a brief aside, people have been commenting how, you know, we're like, they're eavesdropping on two old friends. So I think we just crossed the 40th, like 40 years of you and I. That would have been like back in September though, right? Oh, really? Because eh? we, Robin and I started what we have this thing in Canada called junior kindergarten. Yeah. 
JK, junior kindergarten. So it's like we started because we were born later in the year. We started when we were three years old yeah, in JK. That's right. So we would so, have been, and now we're both in our four, we're both mid 40s. 40, 44. Yep. Yeah, that's so, right. So it would have been last year that we celebrated or didn't years. celebrate. So yes, old friends. 40 years. Yeah. Chatting about the oils and you guys are eavesdropping. Haven't been chatting about the oils for 40 years, but for about... <laughs> 30 almost yeah right around just shy of 30 years yeah because a a few weeks ago i don't keep things robin and i differ in so many ways (laughs) robin keeps everything i don't keep a lot of things robin when he has sentimental things he likes to keep them and it's a good thing and i say burn it all but i found this box and inside my this box i had receipts from when Robin and I went to London, England in our 12th year of school, grade yeah, 12. March 1990. And I should be saving these stories for the Blue Sky Mining episode, but seeing as we're talking about we'll it. We'll do one now anyway. I've got my receipt from when I... Actually, it's not from when I bought Blue Sky Mining because I bought that before we went. Yeah. But I remember there's the big display in one yeah, of the we music Yeah, we were walking down a, a big street in London, England, yep. and saw the... The Blue Sky Mining display yeah. in the record store yeah. window. We went in. But I have receipts for two uh, cassettes, Midnight Oil cassettes, and I, I hand wrote on them Midnight Oil tapes. And uh, we think that it was Head Injuries and, and may- the blue. maybe the, the Blue, blue Album. Mini, yeah. yeah, yeah, almost certainly it was those so two albums. Weird that just found those yep. things. Pretty neat to find. Receipts. Yeah. And, oh, the, also found in there letters that Robin wrote to me when he was living in Australia the second time. Yeah, in 1987. And he included some uh, newspaper clippings that had, like, the charts, the music charts on there, with Midnight Oil being on there, Diesel and Dust being on there, and the other guy that I... There's three three bands or three musical things that I remember you bringing back from Australia. Midnight Oil, James Rain, and there's, like, either James Rain ad or something about James Rain on there, and Ratcat. Yes, there's Rat nothing Cat. about Rat Cat, but I remember Rat Cat. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. How do we get off on that tangent? That was my fault. So what do you think about this album? Okay, we're so back about, to this album. Which is really an EP. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of people, me included, would rank this among their very favorite Oils albums ever. Yep. Especially if it was a full length. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like if it if this was a full length of, of songs like this. Mm-hmm. But I have a theory. Yes. But it has nothing to do with sheep or anything. Yeah, no, or, okay. or the Brontosaurus. Um, that this album only is what it is because it's an EP. Probably. And I think both you, you and I have done some recording projects. Yep. And when a, when a band gets an idea to record, mm-hmm. they usually have like somebody floats an idea. Yeah. How about we just go in and let's just plug in our apps and play these loud, yep. angry songs. And yep. they're, okay, I got four songs. Okay, yep. let's go. Had it not been that, they'd be thinking, oh, now we got to follow up Red Sales. Yeah. We got to, yep. what are we going to do? Who's going to be our producer? What's it going to yep. sound like? And it would go down all kinds of rabbit trails yep. and maybe end up at something great, but almost certainly something very different than what we have here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a deliberate attempt to not be... Red sales. Yeah, it was reactionary in a way. Once again, we don't want to do what we just did. Yeah. Yeah, especially 1098 and Red Sales, they kind of did 
keep on a certain track and mm-hmm. push it even further. Yeah. Even coming out of a postcard, I think. Yeah. You know, just kind of those, that sweep along there. Yeah. And, uh, and so Red Cells, it's like, oh, we definitely took it too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I think some of the, some of them. Do you think so? At least some band members. Maybe it was only Giffo, yeah. but maybe others have said that they didn't think Red Cells was all that strong of a yeah. record. I really like, well, I know I, took I, it. I, I oh, really yeah. liked it. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, lots of people yeah. like it. Obviously and, there's. And I, the last week or so that I've been spending with Species, fantastic yeah totally different experience but fantastic and and these songs are really unified and just being fast yep good in your face rock Rock songs a unified theme yeah let's give a listen okay Progress. Yes. I'm assuming that you're going to do the heavy lifting on progress aside. Do people know that that's the song that you're covering for the thing? I think we might have mentioned that last time. So yeah. so for anybody yeah, not listening, maybe eh? uh, there's a fellow in Toronto who is organizing a Powder Workers tribute album. My daughter and I and our band uh, Bedford Level Experiment uh, decided to record progress and i read like the lyrics of every oil song i could find the lyrics for online oh yeah in one night like a hundred and whatever songs wow and looked for geeky words like i'm i'm a nerd and a lot of the music i make is about nerdy things we've talked about before and progress ranked towards the top on just these kind of science references and just sort of geeky okay phrases yeah don't get me wrong, it's not at all a nerd song, <laughs> but there was enough there that I could kind of get into it. And I was like, oh, I love this song. Let's let's give it a try. So yeah, so Progress, I know only too well now after spending the last couple weeks yeah. trying to cover it, like yeah, learning yeah. every part. Yeah. So I have a lot of admiration for the bass. Actually, I might as well say right away, I, th- okay. I, I believe this is my favorite bass yeah. part okay. on the album, the whole... And there's there's lots of good bass, I think, on this album. Yeah. I was wondering what you were going to pick, and I, I don't think that I was thinking, oh, Robin's going to pick Progress, but... Yeah, now that I, I tried to play it, I didn't expect it to be all that hard. And then when I started listening to it, it was like, boy, this is a real workout. And in the final 
I don't know. I, I must have just looped and recorded it like 10 times. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then chosen all the best bits out of yeah. all my takes. Splice it all uh, together. To put together one that was like, you know, 50% GIFO worthy. <laughs> you guys can decide. Um, actually, maybe I'm, I'm going to come up with a couple clips from my cover with oh, a, yeah. of just the bass, for example. Okay, that'd be good. Yeah. And so here, I'll play that. things that's great about this bass it's got just uh this kind of descending walking line that goes over and over again but it's got that kind of uh it's it's almost a little bit like the bass line from um beds are burning peter gunn okay or whatever yep. where it's this kind of repetitious movement that just keeps looping yeah um it's it's not obviously not the same riff but it has that kind of feel to it but what Giffo does really well in this one is he comes and goes. He'll he'll take a verse off and then mm-hmm. he'll do a little a little trill, a little fill, okay. and then he's in again, and then he'll do a variation on it. Like he'll leave off uh, the note at the end, or he'll yeah, and he just keeps mixing it up a little over and over again. And it really has a big impact on it, and it makes it tricky to play along. I bet a lot of the songs on this album really have that punk kind of sound to it again like that mm-hmm. one two even though i think most of the songs are are four four type songs they've really got a much faster uh, one two one two one two one two yeah kind of thing going on i based the tempo well when my daughter and i recorded it i played electric guitar she played yep. drums uh we based the tempo off of the live version yeah which is probably a bit faster it's eh? actually a lot faster is progress the slowest song on this ep yeah yeah and, and so actually it really stands out as being kind of odd when you're when, when you listen to... through it and you come back off of um, yeah. pictures and you come back into progress, it's like, this is slow. Yeah, and it's almost like they realized it was too slow because this is the one that they really speed up when they play it live. Okay. Uh, you'll notice, like, even on Screaming Blue, yep. what a tempo difference. Now, at first it seems like a negative, but what it does allow them to do is the, the great riffs, the guitar yeah. riff, they really get to nail it at this slower speed, and it's played with uh, just great auto swagger. That's a big slide. Say yes to a real-life ambition. Say yes to our hopes and our plans. It's the main rhythm, and it's actually just Martin Rotzi playing pretty much just open chords on the electric guitar. And they do a really good job of just layering things on top. Yeah. Like, they'll take out, like, in the verses, like, they take out the bass and stuff like that, and you've just got that clonk, clonk, clonk of the cowbell with the chop, chop, chops of the guitar going on. That's right. And this song is a bit simpler than some of the other songs as far as song structure goes. Yep. But it really makes up for that if, if it needs to be. It doesn't yeah. need to make up, but it it really adds a lot of arrangement. They do kind of every trick they got. But this song doesn't have a fake ending. No. That's in the middle of the album. Okay. The fake endings. Not at the end? No, I get I guess I guess there's no fake ending in pictures though either. No, they actually I have a theory about that. Okay, well but we'll get we'll, to that. We'll get to that when okay, we get good. to that, yeah. 
in the way that they build up this album, like you can, even though they're going, they're taking like the machine out of it, you can still recognize a lot of stuff that they've been bringing in and 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 putting in their music over the past number of years you could really hear um the surfy stuff coming in and you can still hear echoes of it in this album even though it's a much harder kind of sounding album yeah and i i think jim uh because he didn't have his machines and didn't have his keyboards and stuff he mm-hmm. just really focused on let's do some neat guitar stuff here so i think there's there's more interesting two guitar yeah uh, stuff uh, where the two guitars are working together yep. or against each other yep. uh, yeah there's also these really cool syncopated strums that i could not replicate too bad yeah you need a new arm and uh yes some artificial parts and so musically two guitar solos yeah uh including at the end of solo number one there is what i was calling like the sustain solo and it's just these huge chords Mm -hmm. that just ring on here it comes back in with like a bunch of scat singing yeah i notice he's got weird words there like coming out of that thing he's he says something like yum yum and (laughs) you know because we've been talking about ewok so much lately i'm thinking yeah that's an ewok (laughs) (laughs) what is it about darren that's why i said you're gonna do the heavy lifting on this am i doing it all yeah so what's it about this is this is that typical oils thing oh complaining about something yeah they're complaint complaint rock um what is Let's Get the Beast Off Our Land? This is like an anti-nuke album. For that, well, that's we, we've about, made it yeah. 40 years past the dropping of the bomb in, in Hiroshima, Nagasaki. So I assume that the beast is a, a metaphor for nukes. Because around this time, um, j- I think a few years after this, New Zealand became a nuclear-free country. And I think that there's like the big push for that all around the world, probably in Australia as well. I just kind of assumed, let's get the beast off our land. It's just kind of, I, I think that's kind of what yeah. this song's about, right? I, I agree. That That's right. And like the, because they're describing the effects of nuclear firestorms. Yeah, the tree that can't grow. But then it kind of veers off into all the other things about progress, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we're talking about pesticides and infanticide and robot car. Yep. Um, you know, and, and actually it's interesting. Got robot car, your jobs will disappear. It's not like really a complete sentence, is yeah, it? Yeah. Do you think it was just got a robot making cars? Well, maybe, eh? And now we've got robot, robot cars that, driving us that are going to, yeah, yeah, and they're going to get rid of all the truck drivers. Sure. And so, so yeah. it's kind of, yeah, it's still pertinent. I think, today. I think the idea of what they're doing is they're throwing lots of ideas out there, you know, in, in this song that can scare people, that, that would frighten people. Nukes are a big thing to be frightened of, but these are other things you can be frightened of too. And all these things are being done in the name of progress, and maybe that's not the best idea all the time. And I find that in a lot of their songs, they do have like this main thread going through the entire album, and they and they may have a, a main idea for a song, but they just throw other stuff in as well. Gone are the days of a narrative. I'm telling this story through the song. 
they're just throwing ideas and feelings at you. They bring narratives back, like in actually starting in Diesel and Dust, you're going to get narrative songs. I think definitely in Blue Sky Mine yeah. and Earth and Sun and Moon. Yeah, they return to it yeah. a lot more. But right now it's let's throw ideas and feelings and images yeah. at lots, you. Yeah, that's right. Lots of imagery. And, uh... and and I'll say it, it's that's a good technique for complaint rock because you can get you can get people upset about... And I say that lovingly, like it's a good thing. They're agitators and, and folks need to be agitated. I need to be agitated. So you spread your net widely. You throw all these things out for people to get upset about or be fearful about and yeah. to take action. on. Yeah. And they're really blatant at this because the very next line is come to your senses and care. Mm-hmm. 16 million. I can't hear you at all. And that's, that's talking about Australia, right? That's the population of 16 Australia at that time. And he does say, change that number. When, when they play live at right. some places, like 300 million, if he's in the U.S., I can't hear you at all. Here comes my Here comes the so I was walking back through the university on my lunch hour today, and I caught myself singing about the submarines out loud, going through a crowd of people in my falsetto. <laughs> submarines! <laughs> Did you get any good reactions? No, or no reaction? I got no reaction. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Hercules. Picking up the tempo. Mm-hmm. This is where we really start rocking. So went to my daughter, Rihanna. Tell me something interesting about Hercules. And she says it's in like three different keys. So she says the intro starts off in... See, I got key. I got scared there for a second. I was yeah. saying three different times and I didn't notice it. That's my job. Oh yeah. Time signatures. No, no, no. Key signatures. I don't have to know what key it's in. I'm a drummer. (laughs) I'm a bassist. I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the intro is in B, Mm -hmm. like B major, presumably. But then when the verse comes, it just switches to F sharp, which would be, it would be like the fifth, but it's not like they just play the five chord, and, and ever go back to one. It's just like, nope, now we're in F sharp. Hmm. And yep. then for the chorus, it actually changes to A. And is the chorus the actual Here Come the Hercules yeah. bit? Okay, because that's interesting. I knew that that was a different song fragment that was brought in after the fact. Oh. Somewhere I was reading or listened in the last week or so, and they were talking about how Rob brought in, oh, and then Rob brought in the Here Come the Hercules, Here Come the Submarines bit, and that just kind of added that extra power and oomph behind the song. And so I'm not surprised that that's like even in a different key. Yeah. Just to kind of elevate the whole thing. So that's cool, because I I think this is when Rob was really starting to get these big sing-along choruses that they had. uh, Well, actually, Red Red Sails definitely had some of them. Uh, And then... You know, arguably, Diesel's going to be just oh, all, yeah. uh, and uh, Blue yeah. Sky Mine for that matter. But even even back to, um, I remember one of the things I liked m- most about Lucky Country and Place was the big sing-along ending to that, when we can all sing along with Rob, Lucky yeah. Country bits. <laughs> yeah. I know that Rob, I think all the guys at some point contribute lyrically. Generally, it's Rob, Jim... And Pete throws in some stuff too, right? Yeah. Rob's often credited, definitely brings lyrics, but he's often being credited with uh, a real melodic sense. Um, Jim's kind of the genius uh, overall composer, structural guy who comes up with stuff. But but Rob has often thrown in these 
these melodic things. Okay. Yeah. And like... Um, Lyric-wise? Yeah, it's often Pete, it's Jim, it's Rob bringing their, their lyric or half a song. Yeah, exactly. And then somebody else throws in something else. Yeah. Pretty certain it's Rob and Jim are the core. Yeah. But Pete's a very frequent oh, yeah. contributor. As as the lead vocalist, you, you want to be able to sing with integrity and, and yeah. make these songs your own too. Yeah, and, all, and he does kind of have the final say. It's like, no, I'm not going to sing that, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and I think... by the way, I'm changing the set list tonight. <laughs> yeah, Hercules is a great song musically. Um, it's it's got those really neat. I was I was trying to to figure out a way to describe them. They're not like guitar stabs. Yeah, I call that guitar punctuation. There's, yeah, that's there's a quite good a few word times where you have drums and bass holding things down. Yep. Pete is singing. Yep. And then the oils are excellent showing restraint. That's even, I just read recently with, um, I guess it was Rob who invited Jack to play the horns on the on the Great Circle Tour. When Jack showed up for practice, Jim was, don't be playing all the time. Yeah. Was kind of how he was, but, you know, he had a, he had a smart way of saying that. He, he does that himself too. It's like when he's playing guitar, mm-hmm. he's not nonstop yeah. rhythm, chugga, 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 all song yeah. long. He'll just hold back yep. and then, and then yeah, get in. So, so that's and, what and you notice those things like, oh and, yeah. And we've been talking the last albums. I think both of us mentioned like drum bits, like just single like drum hits or a bam bam in a song that is just so part of the song. But they yeah. only do it once or maybe twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all all the time restraint, whether it's the drum, the bass, the guitar, yep. everything. Yeah, yep. lots of fun drum fills in this song. Okay, so let's talk about two different things yeah, that, that were happening things. here. So we've got we've got like drum fills, the <laughs> stuff going on there. Oh, you're so good at that. I gotta stop. I'm taking over your job, and I'm gonna stop. And then you're talking about just the the weird off-putting rhythm, the boom, cha boom, cha boom, cha boom. And the oils will do this is they'll have already established a chorus earlier in the song. They'll do the chorus a second time, but they'll add an extra bar or two yep. to the end of the chorus to, to throw in something yep. like that. Or sometimes a half a bar. Yeah. Or just like a different rhythm to play over a part of it. This is one of the better ones. Maybe the best one ever is on My Country, but we're, we're a different album. Yeah. But maybe that's the best example ever. They have a fantastic one there where they just add bars worth of extra fill cool just before like the fake ending they've got a good fill i want to play for you and like they're not like massive around the kit type fills they're just like hammering away on the snare drum there and that's something that i've been learning from rob as i've been listening through the albums this year just the effective use of just wailing on the snare there and just throwing in one or two toms in the midst of that, I'm sure that Rob has really informed my drumming throughout my whole life. Still learning lots of good tricks and picking up, oh, that's a really neat way of doing something. Yeah. Uh, again, with the bass dropping out, there's the, this is something I will remember, bridge. Yes. And the bass drops out for the first two repetitions of that, I think it's the first two. 
and then he does a room room and he's back in again yeah i knew that you were gonna like that yeah. kind of slidey type thing that he does there yeah, like and it's not things. like a big bass slide maybe some people when they think of bass slides they think of like just dropping like all the way down like an yeah. octave or something like that but this is more of like almost like a revving car yeah it's a revving car so you go you're sliding up yeah. up the fretboard room, yeah. room. it's time to talk about the false false and it's an encore i decided not to call them fake endings these are encores these are encores <laughs> We're going to end the song. What's that? You want some more? We've got some more for you. (laughs) And then they come back in after that false ending with that fuzzy, wuzzy guitar bit. So there's this ending guitar solo, uh, which is both guitars just totally wailing. Yeah. Left and right. You hear Jim, you hear Martin. Yeah. They're both just super duper fuzzy. Yeah. Really trippy, psychedelic kind of sounding. Like, do you know what kind of effects that they've got on there to get that kind of like Well, one of them might be a backwards. I was hoping you were gonna say yeah, that. I'm because yeah. I've reversed it. Mm. And I wanna play it for you now. Oh wow. I've taken the ending fuzz solo and I reversed it. So when we listen to it. See, I was hoping that you were going to say, oh, it's a backwards guitar solo. Because I thought it was a, I thought this was like backwards guitar solos reversed to get that really trippy psychedelic sound. Yeah. When we listen to it backwards, you should be able to hear obvious forward guitar playing. If it was a if reverse. If it's a reverse yeah. thing. So give it a listen. Okay. I don't know that it, I don't think it's a backwards Not guitar. very convincing at, at most one of the guitars in that cacophony. Or something in the background doing a few things to add that. Yeah. Yeah. Jim and Martin must yeah. be using some neat effect to give it that swelling kind of thing going on yeah. there. Because it's really cool. Yeah. And I kind of think that Martin, as he often does, is playing a more straightforward tone yep and jim would be doing the really weird thing yeah and they would be kind of just interweaved yep and it's sort of hard to pick out who's coming and going and, and it's neat it's stereo like the yep. things are going back and forth in your ears in my, in, in everybody's, in everybody's ears. ears yeah one of the wilder guitar super powerful song like we, you mentioned how that you've there's uh, multiple key changes, a couple different key changes in the song. Yeah, and they're not your tip, your stereotypical. It's not just going up a key. We're just going up. It's like nope. Now we're in a plain old different key. Now we're in A. Now we're in F sharp. Yeah. Now we're in B. Now we're in F sharp. Now we're in A. But do you think that that adds to the the importance, the excitingness oh, yeah. sound when yeah, they're going well, it, to? It, it definitely, and and this is an oils thing, like uh, uh, with place without a postcard. There are lots of songs that will just, we are doing a key change, like for the chorus, it's a key change. Yep. Again, not just the the cliched, oh, let's go up a key to, yep. and then, you know, on at the, for the final chorus, but it's like. That you have to do every Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> we know those yeah. tricks. Yeah, those tricks. The song itself 
is about the, the that Greenpeace ship, the Rainbow Warrior. Okay, so Hercu- right. the Hercules, there was a HMCS Hercules in, I think, World War II was an aircraft carrier. Hercules is also a type of heavy lift aircraft, and I'm pretty sure that's that's what they're talking about, I think. Yeah, that's my understanding. Is... I, I think, like, in the intro to... To the, to the song that I watched live, maybe even just from the North American leg of Great Circle Tour, Pete's talking about the Hercules are flying in now or something like that. But um, it wasn't until a few days ago that I actually looked this up. So I was just listening to the song thinking, okay, I wonder what this is about type thing. Apparently this was about, remember we were talking earlier about uh, New Zealand becoming a nuclear-free zone? Yes. Um, so the Greenpeace ship, the Rainbow Warrior was in dock in Auckland, and it was getting ready to go out to protest at a French um, uh, nuclear detonation test on one of their Bikini Island or one of the atolls out there. Oh, yeah, they the do Bikini their Island, on. yeah. Um, so the French, the equivalent of the French Secret Service, sent in people that were working on the ship undercover. They laid bombs on it. The plan was, we've got one little bomb. We're going to explode the bomb. People are going to get off the ship, and it's set for 10 minutes later for the big bomb to go off and the whole ship to sink. So the bo- little bomb goes off, everyone leads, leaves the ship, and then a bunch of people go back on the ship to try to figure out what happens, and the second bomb goes off. Lots of people are killed. The ship goes down. The New Zealand police end up arresting and prosecuting for murder and espionage and all these things, these two French spies huge massive thing and so hercules is is about the sinking of the rainbow warrior and i did not know that until a few days ago yeah wow and it really changes it really changes your listening to the song to know that it's about this i assumed it was about war yeah just like the military machine coming in and doing its thing yeah more generically yeah but it's yeah very specific and just learned that this week wow so as you're listening to it next time you listen through it you can think hey okay this is actually about this particular incident and again as we were already talking about in progress there's this idea of what the song is about and then there's these other elements that get thrown into the song other ideas snippets of this and that yeah that tie into things yeah they'll as have well. some inspiration that starts but they'll yeah they'll go where it will So, super powerful song. Yeah. Let's flip it over. Okay, halfway there. Halfway there. Blossom and Blood, continuing the speed. Yeah. Fast songs. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. Do we pick our favorite song off of an album? We usually say it. Have you picked your favorite song yet? I assumed that it was going to be Progress because you covered it. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to confuse you today. I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still my favorite bass bit, but... It's not your favorite overall song. It's not my favorite song anymore. My favorite song overall is Blossom and Blood. Mm. Can I tell you why? Yes, please. Were you into the Dead Poet Society movie as much as I was? No, not Have really. you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. You remember at the beginning, I think it's at the beginning, or it might be at the end... 
they've got this teacher in the poetry class and he says, we can plot the greatness of poetry, importance on one axis, beauty on the other axis. If you take those two and you plot it out there, you find out how great this poem is or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think that Blossom and Blood scores high on both creativity musically and importance as far as the subject matter goes in my in my listening ears so for the intro yeah it starts off with this repetitive guitar riff that's that's almost annoying it's funny you should say almost annoying yeah because i wrote down that it kind of reminds me of bagpipes yeah 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 there's a drone quality to it and then i started noticing it's actually both guitars yeah working together i think to pull this off even though it's it's only a few notes and it's like a simple thing but if you listen carefully i think both guitars are in cahoots to pull this off and what's also interesting rihanna tells me that this is an a but what's interesting is that you can't really establish if it's minor or major oh yeah because it seems that everybody's avoiding playing the third of the scale and as you know uh, a major or minor scale uh, well, the sixth is part of it, but it's the third that really matters, right? The, I know that because I took elementary rudiments of yes, music. of course you do. So when you have a scale, it has eight notes in an octave or seven notes, and then the eighth yep. one is the same one. Yep. And so if in your, if you're an A, then the second, the first note is A, the mm-hmm. second note is B, mm-hmm. the third note, not to insult you, is... Tone, tone, semitone. Is C sharp. sharp. Yeah. And if it's C sharp, if you play C sharp, then that's a major scale yeah. if you continue on. But if you play C natural. Which is like flattening that, what flattening you would expect that, to Yeah, that and, and that's what gives it that kind of sad quality. Yes. Um, and so it, it seems that. By avoiding that, you just it's avoid difficult that. to establish. Yeah, it's like, is, oh, this, is this major or is this minor? Yeah. And uh, apparently, although I didn't go through and verify this myself, Pete never sings the third. Huh. Uh, the guitars don't appear to be playing it. Um, that's cool. So yeah. it's just playing into my hand for really cool musicality. Oh, yeah. Pushing yeah. it down the scale. So it's I of... like the rhythm a lot to this song. It's got a real good punk bop kind of type yeah. thing to it. The bass plays into it. The guitars they're playing through there. It all kind of plays into there, and it's really neat. Yeah, and it's interesting how this song almost always has vocal harmonies going on all over the place, yeah, right? Yeah, like seems... Rob and Giffo are are singing the whole time the through the whole song, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Rob's Rob's got a really nice dry tone on his toms that he's using throughout the song. This is definitely the other one I would have chosen mm-hmm. for for favorite bass. Yeah, about one oh eight bass slides up and a, a great fill. And then this, it's almost like a walking bass line that goes throughout uh, the middle of the song, but it's cyclic because the chord doesn't really change the way, like usually a walking bass leads somewhere, yeah. but instead it kind of just goes back again. So this is pattern that yeah. just goes over and over again. gives it kind of this trotting or marching uh, feel. Yep. It creates this real movement, but it doesn't actually get anywhere. There's a lot of energy added. This second guitar plays uh, a really high repetitive riff. 
And then, here we go again, song comes to a complete standstill. Yeah. Long sustained chord. Yeah. And Pete sings a cappella, or nearly a cappella. Yeah. And then it starts to build up build again. Build back eh? up. Just with the guitars and the bass actually being very restrained, yeah. very quiet. And then, fast fingers, Martin comes into play. Is this the last really good guitar solo that Martin plays, like, for albums and albums? There are guitar solos on all four songs. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if Martin plays the solo in pictures. It probably does. But it, it's not to the quality of the guitar solo in Blossom and Blood. Mm. It's not a finger bleeder. So we'll savor it. Oh, that was tasty. <laughs> Super Meadleys, eh? Mm -hmm. That's what I wrote down. Man, all the Meadleys. When we say Meadleys, in the show notes, we will put a link to a Homestar Runner Strong Bad email. Strong Bad email about about the Meadleys. Meadleys, Meadleys. Yeah, when you mash your fingers up on the high, tiny strings, (laughs) right? You know? Technically, that's what's going on, yes. But for the lay person, how would you describe it? Just a lot of fast finger work, a lot of picking. Yeah, and uh, often... Tapping. Tapping and pull-offs. Yeah. Like, okay, like the ultimate Meadly ever probably is in in Beat It that has the the ridiculous... I don't even know who plays that. Is it Eddie Van Halen? Yeah. Some meadleys, some squealies. Okay. So yeah, that that's the preposterous guitar solo from yep. Beta that that Eddie Van Halen played. And when we talk about meadley, to me, yeah, that is like the king—not the king of guitar solos. Don't get me no. wrong; that's not the best guitar <laughs> solo. But, but if you want to know what we're talking about when we say meadly, 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 the Beatles—that's it, that's right it. there. Yeah, yeah, and and that's not a, a midnight oil thing. They don't. Well, they do don't the, usually, usually do the do Eddie those. Van Halen. <laughs> But like, you get some meadleys but in Blossom do, and Blood. You do get some meadleys And they're here. tasty meadleys. Oh, well, they are good meadleys. So the song itself starts out with the line, You, the mothers who sent your sons, wipe away your tears. For those that fought and those that fell become our sons as well. Yeah. Now, uh, you know that I spent a month in Turkey in the late 90s. Yeah. And I did feel like I recognized that. I, I didn't think that that was an original lyric i thought oh that sounds like something like from a poem or something like that so i looked it up the connection with turkey uh first world war uh the gallipoli campaign Mm -hmm. where australia new zealand sent in a lot of soldiers uh to uh try to take gallipoli uh gallipoli is is a peninsula on the european side of uh the bosphorus straits which separate european and uh asian turkey apart so this lyric is a quote 
that the modern father of Turkey, his name is Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. Um, it's attributed to him, um, even though uh, the Australians and New Zealanders, New Zealanders, w- New Zealanders uh, were fighting against the Turks. Ooh. So the Anzacs and the Turks were fighting against each other. It was a, a terrible, protracted battle, lots of casualties. Um, in the end, the Turks held their ground, and kind of as a result of that, you kind of have the modern-day Turkey forming out of that and kind of solidifying themselves. On the Australian and New Zealand side, I've read that out of this campaign, they started forging their own national identity as separate from uh, Great Britain at the time. Anyway, uh, Mustafa Kamil Ataturk, these words were attributed to him, saying that, you know, even though we were uh, co-belligerents against each other, you can rest assured that your sons who died here are well taken care of and respected by the Turkish people here. Those who fought and those who fell became our sons as well. Just helped me to understand the song a little bit better. Coming into it before that, I was thinking, oh, okay, this is like the country, the people of Australia perhaps saying to the families of soldiers who have fought and died in wars in general, you're not alone in mourning for your children's death in serving the rest of us. We are acknowledging that as well, and collectively as a nation, we mourn them with you. So you've got you've got kind of like these multiple tragedies in where you've got the mothers whose sons don't come home. You've got country or a society that's collectively mourning the soldier's death. And then later on in the song, it almost seemed to me like there's words for the fighters themselves who may never be able to come to peace with actions that they've had to take in war. Um, I think the lines... Yeah, whatever you've done, whatever you've done. And Pete says, whatever you think think you've you've done, done. Yeah. Yeah. There's a a hope in the heart that says never never again. again. Let's just break it right there. I think that those lines can be speaking to soldiers as well. And then it kind of continues along from there, talking about the need to remember. Yeah, it's the price of peace to remember that day. So is this the armistice day of the album? (laughs) You know how we were talking Yeah, and the forgotten years coming up. Yeah, Last of the Diggers. Yeah. What I like about The Oils is, and I think that this is a Rob song. This has like the heart of a Rob song to me. Um, So before I go to that, we've got anti-nuke song, anti-nuke song. We've got... Blossom and Blood, and we've got anti-nuke slash environmental song perhaps coming up in pictures. But Blossom and Blood, this is the song that has like a personal heart to it. To me, this is a song that's that's speaking to people as opposed to talking about these issues and we need to take action on these things. This is one of those songs that is consoling folks and trying to understand tragedy and stuff like that. And yeah, I really appreciate it. And it's a neat thing that the oils do is they don't always say... War is always bad. Yeah. It'd be easy to, to take that kind of stance. They recognize that it's complex, that there are reasons, and that it's difficult. And it, you're not always going to be able to reconcile everything that goes into things, things that are necessary, things that aren't necessary. And they just they allow us to consider them without coming down all the time and saying, Nope, war bad, always stop doing it. Yeah, that, it is complicated, that's that's right. Um, so for those reasons, importance, Yeah. great music, Yeah. it scores high on the Dead Poets Society scale right, of, right, yes. of good songs. 
Let's go on to pictures. Pictures. Is this the only song that starts with an a cappella intro, meaning just Pete saying no instruments and he just sings? Yeah, I never thought of it as that. This is, I just want to walk through paradise. paradise. Yeah, with no... With a real nasally... Yeah, and no, to us, audible instruments at all, Mm. even giving him his note. But of course, I'm sure somebody did give him his note. I just want to walk through paradise. I I bet you it's not. in, In fact, I think on place. Let me look it up here. Yeah, I was going to say Armistice Day. That's a big instrument. It's, yeah. Okay. So it's got this at the beginning of Armistice Day. Oh, yeah, that's totally not what I mean. No, but just hang on. Y'all watching people fighting. Y'all watching people well, there's big bass. There's all that bass drone going on. Day. Yeah, I guess so. And that's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying where it starts Y'all acapella, not... You mean at the beginning? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not there's this long intro and then it goes yeah. acapella. Yeah, I don't know. But they've done stuff before where it seems like, gee, Pete, because, you know, Pete's, Pete, Pete does what he does so well. Yeah, he But does. you don't give him a starting note. Any other candidates? You know what? You don't want to research this I don't now. want to research right now. So, so if, yes. If... Well, technically, I, I bet you you're right. I bet you this is the only time where it just starts just voice. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. If we if we discover something else, we will correct. And if, if we get corrected by the Twitterers. Yeah. At the same time. At the same time. It, they, they kind of do that trick on Armistice Day. I know. There's, there's music. It's not the same. It's kind of the same trick. Except, yeah, I know Except there's not. Mu- yeah, but yeah, there's this music, but he's not singing along to stuff. He's just singing, and you you better be hoping Pete's getting his note right. Yeah, but he had that big bass slide to prompt him. That's the detuned thing. He's not going to get a note out of that. Sure he is. Nah, you couldn't. <laughs> well. But yeah, that's a neat intro to that song, isn't it? You're right. It's the only time it happens. Okay. And then they, they keep playing with that. Like, then the whole band comes in together. Yep. Uh, but then they all drop out again, except for a variety of drum fills under all his remaining oh, yeah. lines. So he's still, it's him and drums. And this is this is a great song for drums. This is my favorite drum yeah. song. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of sneakily alluding to, this is a song where they add the extra half bar of drums mm. as well. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. I just want to walk through paradise. Hang on. He's just saying stuff. He's not even singing. I just want to walk through paradise. You think well, he's not even? No, yeah, he's totally it's, in tune. It's a whole but bunch of notes. It's totally not like acapella singing, though. What do you mean it's not acapella? It's just him. <laughs> There's nothing else. But, you know, like when you think of like acapella singers, that's not what they're doing. Okay, we'll come up with another word. Singing without music. <laughs> Why are you arguing this? I don't know. It's because <laughs> it's late at night. <laughs> I just wanna walk through paradise. I just wanna see that clear Let's count along. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one. Two, four. One, two, three, four, one, two, one, two, three, four, 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 one, two
Actually, we got an extra half bar in there. Good. Did you hear it? I think I heard it. Did you know that there's an extra half bar in there? I don't think I noticed that because it's that's not my job. (laughs) That's not your job. And the nice thing is, it's just a half bar, so you can still bop up and down on the one, two, three, four, and and your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. I do appreciate those. Let's give Rob some space to do some cool fills in here too. And there's a pick slide. Yes. Have you been counting? <laughs> two. There, two. That's the second one. <laughs> two of two. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, you've counted all of them. Congratulations. <laughs> you wouldn't have started counting it until it hits three. Yeah. Okay, so what, what's interesting in pictures is how they have this pre-chorus. This is the we can't go on yeah. living like this yeah. thing. So it's kind of a pre-chorus. Then they have a chorus that's the... And that repeats itself. The pre-chorus repeats. Watching pictures of the world. Yep. As they pass me by, they re- he repeats a, ver- a variation on that twice. And then his note goes up uh, with a response. Uh, he's just got a variety of lines. But just to give an example, I'm, I'm, get, I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah, well. sure. Okay, so watching pictures of the world, watching pictures as they pass me by. Don't stop at that light. Don't go out at night. Oh, okay, yeah, because I like that. I for some reason I was I I when I listened to it, I think is don't snuff out that light. Ah, don't stop at that light. Don't go out at night. Yeah. So this is like warning you. Yeah. Um, and then my artificial heart, expensive spare parts. Yeah. So those are the responses to watching pictures of the world. Okay. And there's those two lines, and. I like what it does musically as well, and, and we'll get to that. But basically, that's how it builds up. It's like this pre-chorus, this chorus that has these responses that yep. are even higher. Yeah. And then this, they use this to great payoff at the end. But we'll we'll talk about that shortly. Then there's this almost goofy guitar solo at one thirty-five, which I think yeah I, has two notes in it. Isn't that just like two notes? It's just like uh, to me, it's like two or three. Yeah, it's just pulling off the same note. So, or maybe he's like hammering on, pulling off on two different strings. So yeah. There's... So I don't think I did get during the Eddie Van Halen <laughs> solo earlier. Yeah. I didn't get mentioning that you get that speed because you were talking about picking quick. Yeah. But how you get a lot of speed is, and were you mentioning hammer ons? Well, I think you might have mentioned. Yeah, hammer-ons. and I think I didn't finish saying. So a hammer on is when. Like you, the string is ringing a note. The string is already vibrating. That's yep. right, ringing. And then you push your finger down very quickly onto a new fret, and it starts playing another note. But that's without you having to pick it, pick it again. It. Yeah. And the opposite of that is a pull off, where while you're releasing the fretted note with your left hand, for a right-handed guitarist, you you pull off. You don't want to hear this. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> Guitar yeah, you, lessons with Robin. Guitar lessons with you. Somebody might find this interesting. Oh, I, Someone, I, I'm somewhere. Sure people do. Yeah, I yeah. do. So yeah, for a pull off, you're while you release the note, you're you also plick it. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm trying to pack this out with my hands. How yeah, do you, you plick. You you plick. You pluck. You pluck it, 
as you're as you're releasing the note, you you kind of with that you same tug it finger, and let it go. Yeah, that's right. Instead, yeah. again, not involving your pick hand, mm-hmm. and this is part of how you get a lot of extra and, and speed. And you probably got a, another fret, another note fretted yep. slightly higher up on that string. Yeah, finger well, or actually the opposite way, lower down. If you're pulling off, yeah, then you have to have a, right. a lower. And by lower down, I mean higher up because you hold the guitar up like how is this. That higher? higher well, the ground is down there and the top of the guitar is Aww, up there higher. higher but yeah you're right robin's higher, always right higher pitched well i'm not always right but not in altitude not in altitude okay are so you playing anyway. a higher note yes, yes. In altitude <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah meadly 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 okay so there's the meadly solo and then under the solo there's this really cool bit uh, where the bass and drums together get to do this cool little rhythmic thing while while the ridiculous guitar solo continues. Bass and drums are in cahoots to add some actual interest. Rhythmic to what's going. interest. Yeah. There. So it's cool that they're doing doon, 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 yeah. thing under it. Yeah. And- Oh. Can, can I mention that when, when they're singing Watch and Pictures, they've got that, that low chunka chunka kind of guitar thing yeah. going on too? We're watching pictures of the world. Oh, we're watching pictures as they pass me by. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite drum song. So to finish off the song, I was talking about the pre-chorus, the chorus. They build it up. Yep. They build it up. Yep. But what they do is they keep it at that highest point with don't sit around in silence. You don't need a license. It's moving in a hurry. There's no need to worry. We're really going to change it. If the critical, the critical mass, mass approaches, approaches I, I can almost hear it. it. And then the huge scream. It's, and it's a great scream. Yep. But what's cool about that is that they've used that build that they've already toyed us with. Yep. Pre-chorus, chorus, yep. and then these responses. They've held it at that. And then the bass even adds to the tension. It's climbing up and everything. And yep. then he screams. And this refers to past albums where we've had fantastic buildups that result in Pete screaming. And this is almost to me like a joke, or a, it's a nice response after all these false starts we've had, or false endings yeah. we've had on this album. This time, Scream, the song wraps up and is done. To me, it's almost like a little musical joke at their own expense. Yeah, so I, I think I'll go on record saying that Pictures is my favorite. I like how... It's a it, good choice. It is. I like how short and sweet it is. Yep. Some of the songs on this album, I'd almost say they go a little long because they're all like, are they all like four and a half minutes or something? Yeah, four minutes for Progress, four and a half for Herc, four and a half for Blossom and Blood, three minutes 14 for Pictures. Yeah, and I, I almost like about Pictures how it doesn't, they know when it's over, they just this is it. Yeah, yeah. this is we're we're done. I mean, I love all the songs, and arguably they're always doing new things with them throughout, but sometimes I just want a three-minute song, yep. and it just does its job. I wrote down, this is a hit. I could easily be convinced that this is the best song on the album, mm. but, well, I don't think I could easily be convinced of it. 
I'm going to stand well, my after ground. Your, well, yeah, after you, after you spend after you 20 spent minutes talking about 30 that. minutes oh, defending your other one. Yeah. Don't no, it's, it's a great song, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's this is like the radio single. Here you go. <laughs> you had, <laughs> I thought you said they were all radio singles. They are, but like, if you only had an opportunity to release one as a single, which you didn't even do, this would be it. This is like, yeah, this is obvious. Make this your single. The whole album, because it was an EP, yeah, it debuted at number one on the Australian Singles Chart. Was that what happens with EPs? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. So there you go. So you are correct. They're all singles. Take that, internet. Yeah, this was the first and only number one single for Midnight Oil in Australia, and the first Australian single to debut at number one in Australia ever. Oh. So good job, oils. And when I say single... I'm referring to the EP now. Yes. Not. By single, you mean EP. Yes. By single, you mean four songs. By single, I mean best song on album. By single, I mean this is a really good song. It should get radio airplay. Yes. And you know what else I heard? I read that um, because all of the songs were such hits, such radio-friendly hits, Yeah. they would play the whole EP back to front. They'd say, and now we're just going to play Species to CCs for you. Right on. Yeah. Would they say deceases? If they knew it was good for them, they would. Okay. We play the game. Yeah. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll tell it like it is. Okay, you tell us like it is. There's almost no way an EP for me could ever unseat a full-length album. Like, it'd have to be better than this it have to be better yeah that's right that's what it as comes good, down to as good as this is yep. it would have to still be even better than this i agree if there was if there was any of the two or three midnight oil eps this would probably be it yeah but but it's not too- as great as it is i still want for me yeah. i still want red sales which yeah, i have and i'm still i've got 1098 yep. and there's no way i could take as super great as this is yep like we're talking about, if there was a, a 10 song version of Species, 1098 would go in the bin if Species had these four songs and another six is good. Yeah, I agree with you. But it it's doesn't. A fan, it's a fantastic EP. It's yeah. great. All the songs are great. All four of them are awesome songs. Yeah. I still want a full length album. Yeah. Well, with that, it's time to retract the stylus, slide the vinyl back into its sleeve, and say goodnight until next time, when we'll be listening to The Oil's 1987 album, Diesel and Dust, everybody's favorite album. (laughs) Yes. Everybody's. Who could not love Diesel and Dust? If you don't love Diesel and Dust more than your mother, you don't like Midnight Oil at all. Wow. We all know that's true. On Comfortable Place on the Couch, a Midnight Oil, Diesel and Dust podcast. You can subscribe to Comfortable Place on the Couch wherever you find podcasts. <laughs> and you can get in touch with us on the tweeters at Darren the Folds. Yes, there is a U in Folds. And at Robin Harborin. Show notes are online at darrenfolds.com slash podcasts. 
So for Robin Harbin, I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Good night. And good riddance, Mr. Harbin. Thank you. Get out of my sunroom. P.S. Have you guys clued in yet that at the end of every album-ish type podcast we do that robin puts together a supercut of peter garrett weird noises not a single person has made a comment about it in all these episodes that's what those things are there's like the weird noises he makes yeah here they are